The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's a Sunday morning here on Riviera Radio and we're talking to Rob Kay. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm very well, Howard. Yeah, it's really busy here. We've got the historic Grand Prix today, so uh, lots of excitement around the uh, around the town. Yeah, and noise as well, I guess. I'll <laughs> be much so, yes. Well, last week's broadcast cleared up lots of questions about UK pensions. And it also highlighted the fact that people can ask questions via portal radio at blevinsfranks.com with complete anonymity. Questions we might feel too embarrassed to ask publicly. This week we received lots of questions about succession and achieving our testamentary wishes. Before we discuss succession, what caught your eye in the news this past week? Well, Howard, hot on the heels of being re-inaugurated as the French president last Saturday, Emmanuel Macron didn't let the grass grow under his feet, so to speak, and on Monday he set out his vision of a restructured Europe in a speech at the European Parliament to mark the celebration of Europe Day and the closing ceremony for the Conference of the Future of Europe. Macron's vision involves the core European Union states entering what he described as a political union with non-members. His comments came in in the context of offering Ukraine greater protection following Russia's invasion in February. This new organisation would allow democratic European nations who adhere to European values, as he described it, to find a new space for for political cooperation, security and cooperation in energy, transport, investment, infrastructure and the movement of people. And he especially pointed out the youth. Joining the the new political community would not necessarily lead to, to future EU membership, just the community would not be close to those who have left the EU. Although not mentioned specifically, his last comment was seen as a direct reference to the UK, implying the UK could join this wider, new European political community. After years of will it, won't it happen, this week the new IKEA store opened in Nissan Isidore, which will be great news for those devotees who've had to travel to Toulon or to Genoa for their fix of Scandinavian treats, flat packs and functional home accessories. As you would expect, the new store has been built using eco-friendly construction, which makes it one of the first of a new generation of environmentally conscious superstores here in the region. Its roof is apparently lined with 3,000 solar panels, which will meet 40% of its energy needs. And IKEA said the grounds have approximately 10,000 square metres of green area, which will help it blend in with the surrounding landscape. I'm certainly struggling with the last claim because rather than blending into its surroundings, its signature blue and yellow frontage does what I think it was originally designed to do. It jumps out and shouts IKEA at you. Now, on Wednesday, Oliver Varane, the French health minister, announced that from tomorrow, the wearing of a face mask while on public transport will no longer be required. Varane said that although the pandemic is not over, the epidemic situation is getting better and the number of new daily cases is falling. The hospital situation is improving and the government therefore doesn't consider it appropriate to maintain mask wearing obligations on public transport. Mass and health pass requirements in hospitals and care homes will remain in force. The French government's announcement coincided with a statement issued by the European Union Aviation Safety Agency and the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control, which also recommended an end to the mandatory mask wearing on flights in airports Uh, from tomorrow. However, it will be up to individual airlines to set their own rules, so masks could still be required on flights to the destination where mask wearing is still mandatory on public transport. 
Turning to succession, is it essential for everyone to have an up-to-date will? That probably depends on your attitude here because so many people don't have one. Um, I've never really understood why uh, it, it, something it could be as simple as thinking about a will means you have to, you know, it could be down to the fact you've got to think about dying, which is not a subject that's necessarily top of the preference list at, at dinner parties. That said, judging by the amount of hits the questions portal gets on a Monday morning that are succession-related, after a few drinks, it's uh, clearly a, a subject which frequently crops up and there are lots of, uh, I would describe as misunderstood issues. In the right circumstances, a will can be a really powerful tool against the taxman, yet many of us never bother to write one. Wills can ensure your money goes to who you want when you want it to go. Die without one and your money could go to an ex-spouse you've not dis divorced or some distant relative rather than your long-term partner. Unmarried partners are not protected by the intestacy laws, so unless you do something, they, they will, excuse the pun, receive absolutely nothing. Writing a will is not complicated, and these days it doesn't have to be expensive. So there's really no excuse not to have one. And truthfully, your friends and family will really benefit in the long run. What happens in the UK if you die without a will? If you die without a will in the UK and your, your estate will be subject to the laws of intestacy. The name just sounds painful, doesn't it? Now, if you're married, this means jointly held assets pass to your spouse, but the rest of your estate is divided between your spouse and your children. Your spouse first gets the uh, or gets the first £250,000 plus half of the remainder. The rest is split between your children. The problem with this is if everything goes to your spouse, there's no inheritance tax, but the moment anything passes to your children and that amount is more than 325000 and that's 325000 in total, not to each child, then the children will have an inheritance tax bill. The UK inheritance tax is not paid at increasing scale rates. It applies, um, unlike France, when it arrives, it lands on the doorstep with a whopping 40% thud. Simply writing a will can mean that you completely avoid many of the problems, including the potential tax issue. And what about France? What happens here if you die without a will? Well, as you might expect, unlike the UK, France has very specific succession rules. French succession law is governed by the Napoleonic Code, which, which dictates what happens to your assets when you die. It imposes forced heirship rules, which, if you have children, means a specific portion of your assets must pass to them when you die. This can quickly become really quite awkward for a married couple because, unlike the UK, jointly owned assets don't automatically pass to your spouse. A percentage must pass to the kids, which can be difficult and also challenging, especially when couples are on their second or subsequent marriages and there are kids from previous relationships. If the balance of your French estate can be left to your chosen beneficiaries under the terms of a will, you'll then need to remember a will cannot override French forced heirship law and if assets are to pass outside the bloodline, those beneficiaries will receive just 40% of what you want to leave them because the French government will take 60%. Should UK nationals living in France have a UK will, a French one, or can you have both? Uh, you, you, can have, you can have one in each, or you can have one which covers both jurisdictions, to be honest with you. The, the correct answer is dependent on what you want to happen where your assets are and, uh, from a French perspective, who you want to benefit. 
The most appropriate strategy is usually to establish a will in each jurisdiction where you have assets. This ensures your testimony wishes are legally confirmed and entirely in line with the local laws and the requirements. Now, France accepts UK written wills, and strictly speaking, they don't even have to be translated these days. In reality, I, I strongly recommend you dot the I's and you cross the T's, rather than hoping your testimony wishes written in a foreign language will be correctly understood by the French legal system. It's also important to remember, when a will is drawn up in the UK, it's common practice to include a provision which automatically revokes all earlier versions. If you make a French will, then sometime in the future you amend your UK will. Make sure your UK solicitor knows about your French will, so he and she doesn't inadvertently revoke the French one, which could potentially create some quite unintended and potentially very expensive consequences. French succession laws impose forced airship. What it is and can you use a will to bypass the forced airship rules? Yeah, we, we touched on this earlier, however. French succession law is governed by, as I said, the Napoleonic Code, which imposes forced airship rules and requires a specific portion of your assets to be passed to your children when you die. If you have one child, 50% of your assets and 50% of your jointly owned assets must pass to that child. If you have two children, 66% must pass equally to them. And if you have three or more, the portion increases to 75%. The EU Succession Regulation 650-2012, more commonly known as Brussels 4, was introduced in 2015. Now, Brussels 4 allows foreign nationals to elect, through a statement in their French will, for the succession law of their country of nationality to apply on their death. So British nationals can now avoid French succession law by electing for UK law to apply to their estate in preference to French law. I understand the French authorities slightly moved the Brussels 4 goalposts recently. What did they do? Was it anything to do with Brexit? The, uh, the, the UK has, has never needed to adopt Brussels 4 because the UK, RL, uh, sorry, the, the UK rules allow you to leave what you want to whoever you want. Now, back in autumn, the French government announced that it would be that it would be using uh, it, it announced it was going to stop allowing Brussels Four to circumvent the French forced airship rules for French-based assets. Now, this is very simply um, a change which has burned lots of succession planning arrangements, but it was nothing to do with Brexit. Brexit has not had any impact on this succession issue. France changed its stance regarding Brussels Four because it was being used by people whose culture and religion prioritises boys over girls to pass assets down the male bloodline at the expense of the female line, so absolutely nothing to do with Brexit. Using the European Certificate of Succession is not a one-stop shop, so if you're thinking of using it, you really do need to take specialist advice, because there can be lots of unintended consequences. It's still obligatory for a French auteur to handle your estate, and adopting UK law can negatively affect succession planning arrangements you've made in France. And your worldwide estate potentially could become liable to UK inheritance tax as well as French succession tax, which potentially negates your French succession planning strategies. Is a well-written will enough to achieve your estate planning wishes for your heirs? Or do you need to go further? In my experience, good estate planning is all about achieving peace of mind, Howard. A will ensures your affairs are in order, and as far as possible, what you want to happen, happens. 
It's essential we take professional advice with succession planning, wills, and even succession tax planning. Because where your assets are held and in what structures they are held will impact what happens to them and what tax is paid. Simply holding your investment assets in a structured way can ensure those monies go to your chosen beneficiaries and the 60% succession tax liability I referred to earlier is completely avoided. At Blevins Franks, we focus on helping our clients create the optimum estate plan to meet our clients' wishes for their family's heirs and importantly, to minimise the impact of succession taxes. A service we offer clients is called My Legacy, which helps families deal with the practical matters of dying, which works very nicely alongside your will. In our My Legacy document, our clients can outline their funeral wishes, detail who needs to be contacted, where your important documents are stored. It's designed to be a single point reference and it has proved time and time again to be really helpful and also quite comforting for families at what is always a difficult time. If you'd like to discuss My Legacy, your general succession planning uh, requirements or your wider financial planning arrangements with a Blevins Franks partner, contact our French office by calling 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. Alternatively, you can call our Monaco office and the number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And if you prefer, or also if you prefer, you can find out more about Blevins Franks or arrange a meeting with a Blevins Franks partner by simply visiting our website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. Enjoy the Grand Prix, and we'll talk next Sunday. <laughs> I will try to, Howard. It'll be a really <laughs> difficult job, that. Thanks very much. Have a great week. Cheers. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this program, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. Is your wealth management on track to meet your objectives and provide long term financial security? Blevins Franks has 45 years' experience managing our clients' capital. We provide a range of integrated financial services to give you peace of mind about your future. Our investment recommendations are personalized for you and designed to be tax efficient and meet your estate planning wishes. Contact Blevins Franks on 0493001780 or visit blevinsfranks.com.